0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mindful Manager Podcast. My name is Art Burns, and I'm your host, and I'm super happy to be here with you. It's a Friday afternoon that I'm recording this, and I hope everybody out there is having a wonderful week, uh, and hope you're, uh, you're really uh, putting it all in there and getting it all out, and uh, I wish you well, everybody. So, uh, yesterday, we talked about um, the informal practices that we can use uh, to weave mindfulness into our daily lives, because, again, most People, as I said yesterday, don't have you know four, five, eight, ten hours of uh, time every day to practice uh, meditation and and to really become mindful. So, um, so or to embrace mindful in a really whole life kind of way. And so, so one way to really do that is to just add mindfulness. To the various things that you do all day because again you know mindfulness is not so much like you know meditation and mindfulness are two different things even though they often get conflated but um, but really mindfulness is just about living in a certain way which again is to be paying attention on purpose in the present moment non-judgmentally you know and that's really what it 's all about and so by by doing just about anything you can do um, <laughs> by that definition by paying attention in the present moment on on purpose, uh, non-judgmentally, uh, then you will be living in a mindful life, and and the various uh, benefits that are going to come through that, with your calmness of mind, with your ability to focus, with your uh, you know the ability to, to open up your awareness and see you know solutions to problems that you might not, not otherwise see. You know all these things will start flowing into your life once you can do that on a on any kind of regular basis. So uh, I want to just follow up a little bit on what we were talking about. Uh, yesterday today, though, and, and specifically how uh, how living um, with presence in all these activities allows for a sense of body awareness and, and how important that is. Okay, so that's going to be the theme of today's uh, topic. So, um, you know, because the danger that we, um, that we, you know by by not being present with all our activities you know even or maybe especially the mundane and automatic ones you know the danger we face there is that we allow our minds to run away with our thoughts you know even as we're performing a given action you know and and the simpler the action the the more the more this can happen you know so for example brushing your teeth right if you automatically wake up every morning <clears throat> brush your teeth in the same way and uh and you you wind up um, you're not thinking about brushing your teeth. You're just doing it automatically and you're standing there in front of the mirror. And, you know, what happens then is that we allow for our minds to start to think about, you know, the chores or the meetings or the phone calls that we have to make that day. And then these thoughts cause emotions and then these emotions can be part of the stress response. Right. And now all of a sudden, (laughs) you know, we're priming our bodies for a chronic state of arousal by doing that. Right. Um, So, you know, because, again, our our minds have this amazing way to just run away with these stories that we can tell ourselves. So you start out with just this, you know, thought about a phone call you have to make, but next thing you know, your mind has created this, you know, this uh, story around this phone call that could lead to, you know, your mind's perception of you like losing your job and, you know, living out of a refrigerator box on the street, you know, and it's, it's, I mean, that's obviously an extreme example, but it's, it's something that our minds do on us. So, so in contrast, if we focus our attention and therefore our energy uh, on brushing our teeth, right, on the sensations of brushing our teeth, which is the sounds, the, the sense, the taste, the, the, you know, the, the touch feeling, um, and even the sight of, of watching the foam coming out of our mouth as we're doing it, we, we can stop that cycle of stress-inducing thoughts, Okay. Um. So if we can be this present with everything we do, right? Not just brushing teeth, but also you know eating, and also commuting, and also you know shopping in the store. You know. So that means like instead of putting your ear earbuds in and maybe listening to this podcast while you're shopping, you know, instead be present with what you're doing. You know. So if we can do that, um, we can you know we can break this cycle that, you know, every time, you know, we, we kind of, we kind of break it every time it tries to repeat itself. Right. And because again, the brain is a predictor of the future based on the experiences of the past. Okay. That's the way the thing works. Okay. So, so therefore it tries all the time to repeat this cycle of, of thoughts that, that ultimately wind up, uh, causing us stress. Okay. So I'm going to get into that deeper in a minute. Um, so, but, but when we become present and and the, the stress in our bodies is reduced, leading us to operate in integration and cohesion and allowing us to perform at our peak optimization, okay? At that point, we become like a finely tuned car where every ounce of pressure is, is harnessed for performance, okay? And, um... And so that is really one of the amazing, beneficial and beautiful things that come from this presence, right, is this opportunity for, you know, to, to be present and to be like completely optimized, you know. And, and one of the things that, that comes from that is the ability to, to sense into our bodies, Okay, now when we're running around with our thoughts, you know, like I mentioned yesterday and just a minute ago, you know, we're going too fast to to stop and notice a lot of physical conditions that that could be helpful for us. Right now, now most people, uh, myself included, um, you know, think we have these bodies, you know, just to carry our brains around, right? And and like we live from the neck up. Now, um, a few years ago, I was um, <laughs> I was like 130 pounds overweight. Um, I had high blood pressure, I was, um, you know, I was abusing my, my body in many different ways and I just didn't even think of it, you know, it just, it, it never even occurred to me as I was, you know, stuffing the food into my face and, and like just, you know, really just treating my body like crap that, that you know, again, because I had this sense that my body was only there to carry my, my brain around with it because everything that happened in my world happened from my brain and, and this just isn't true folks, okay? Um, you know, our bodies are made up of, of five trillion cells <laughs> that are meant to work together um with integration and cohesion in this, this masterpiece of an organism that we are, right? And and it's and it's profoundly powerful. Um so, you know, a couple of examples are the fact that you know heart neurons and stomach neurons right so, so these are very similar neurons to the ones that you have in your brain are surrounding your heart and your your stomach you know and then there 's also this thing called the vagus nerve, which connects your brain to every internal organ between your 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 head and your colon um, and so so things like heartfelt feelings, for instance right come from these neurons around your heart like you actually feel it. On a very real and visceral level, Uh, visceral level. Pardon me. Uh, Likewise, when you feel butterflies (laughs) in your stomach, you know, Um, you you know that is your 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 stomach neurons telling you something that's going on with you, right? So so like you're nervous about something, and therefore you know you're if you can listen to and if you can tune into these feelings and and realize the intricacies of them, you then will will have a a sort of a, a, a information you know source that that can help you to make decisions and make decisions that are good for you. Um, there's also something called, you know, the, this vagus nerve stuff. So, um, oh, before I get into that, though, I wanted to talk about something else with the gut. And this is pretty amazing. I mentioned this a, a, few, a few episodes ago during the um, uh, science ex, uh, studies examples, you know, in the, in the episode that I did about the scientific uh, studies. Um, it was a card game that they, they played at the University of Iowa. Iowa as a, not a card game, but it was an experiment that they did where they had four decks of cards and students had to line up and draw one card at a time off of any of the four piles. You know, what they drew would would either win them money or lose them money, you know, pretend money. Uh, Two of the card decks were fixed and two of the card decks were just straight out of the box. So even odds, but the two that were fixed, they literally couldn't win, And so it took the students um, about 50, you know, draws to, to determine that there was something up, that they could tell that something was up with two of the decks, but they didn't know what. And then another 30 on top of that. So a total of 80 draws before they could say, OK, those two blue decks are fixed. So I'm only using the red ones. However, these people were all hooked up to a lie detector a t- uh, polygraph machine uh, that was measuring the sweat in their palms. And even after 10 draws, all of the students showed a reactivity in their palm sweat glands and, and started to favor the decks that were not fixed. Okay. So, so that's like the gut feeling that you talk about, right? So like, like when you have a gut feeling, that is your body is telling you something that your, your body, that your brain just doesn't know. Okay. Um, you know, now you have, again, this vagus nerve is, um, is, very much in in the the actual uh is, is responsible for the the parasympathetic nervous system um so the the sympathetic nervous system is the thing that drives your fight uh flight and freeze um uh reaction right so like when you you know like in any animal in the in the animal kingdom like when it's in experiencing fight or flight it's it's going into this paris uh i'm sorry into its sympathetic nervous system the parasympathetic nervous system is the opposite they call it rest and digest. I'm going to get into that also in another episode. Uh, but this is all controlled by the vagus nerve. Okay. And so, and so again, the vagus nerve connects your stomach and your heart right to your brain as well as all your internal organs. So, so when, you know, so it's constantly feeling every part of your body to sense if it needs to be afraid or if it needs to calm down and, and let go of the sympathetic nervous system. Again, that's a complicated thing. I'm going to get into that in another, um, Another episode, but basically, what all of this tells us is that our bodies are as much a player in how we experience the world as our brains or our minds our consciousness are um, so so this is this is something that most people don 't really you know, recognize or or maybe even understand, you know, and, and again, this is like, you know, you know, our bodies are there to, to help us. You know, it's like, it's not just your brain and it's not just your body. It's the two of them are, are part of an overall organism. And that, and when they can work together, that's when you are running at your optimal uh, level of performance. Okay. So uh, in addition to that, um, you know, our bodies are where we experience our emotions, right? Like the emotions start, as a chemical response inside your brain, but they are felt in your body, right? Like you don't feel anything in your brain, right? You feel it in your body and that's where your emotions are. Um, So, so by knowing your body, you know, is, is equal to knowing your emotions, right? Which then brings us back to the subject of emotional intelligence, right? And how vital it is to our lives, you know? So, um, you know, because again, the, the first step of, of emotional intelligence is to, is to see your own emotions, right? And the emotions of others, but, but until you can see it in yourself, you can't do anything, right? And, and again, if your emotions are felt in your body, then the, better you can sense your body, the more able you're going to be to, to increase your level of emotional intelligence and then start to see it in someone else and then start to use that information to guide your actions and your, and your decision-making for the best success for you. Okay. And and for everybody else around around you too, you know? Um, so, so now I want to just be clear about one thing because, you know, a lot of times when you start talking about the body, you know, people start thinking, and like I used to think when I was 130, 30 pounds overweight I used to think that uh, which by the way since I've I've uh, been into mindfulness and and figured everything out uh, I've lost a hundred pounds so so you know so I am in a very good range of, of weight um, I just thought I should mention that uh, but but basically you know when when people hear about this you know sort of body awareness and they hear about you know this kind of stuff you know people who might be overweight start to maybe tune out on this a little bit and start to think like well you know I can't do that because cause you know, I'm in the shape I am. So, so I'll just have to lose a hundred pounds before I can do that. Losing a hundred pounds is not easy folks, <laughs> you know, but, but it's, it's, you know, if it's necessary, it's necessary. But, but I want to just be very clear that, that being in a certain shape is not really important to what we're talking about here. Right. So, because your body has learned to adapt to your physical condition by now. Okay. Your body is really, really smart. And so, so as long as you're not in a medical da- medically dangerous condition, so, Such as, like, high, you know, diabetes or chronically high blood pressure, which will lead to hardened arteries and lead to a stroke or or heart attack and all kinds of stuff. Um, You know, if you're not experiencing any sort of medically dangerous condition like that, then we aren't talking about improving your body here, okay? In this conversation that we're having right now, we're talking about reading it better. And now, and like me, you know, once I learned to use my body as this amazing tool that it is, you know, I, I, wound up wanting to to lose the weight and wanting to improve this machine that I have. And so don't be surprised if you find that happening to yourself as well. Um, but there's not like pressure about it and there's not like a need to, um, to, you know, to, to, uh, you know, to do this, to, to, for any other reason, you know, like it's not, it's not necessary to be a perfect, you know, body condition in order to be able to read your body and in order to get the signals that, that your body is sending you. Okay. They still work even if you're overweight or underweight or whatever. Okay. I just wanted to be really clear about that. So, um, so now, getting back to that story about the card game, right? I want to tell you a little bit story about that. So, so the the palm, the the sweat glands in your palm are unlike the sweat glands anywhere else in your body. Okay, the, the sweat glands in your palm are 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 um, activated by by stress, not by heat. Okay, most of your body, you you sweat when you get hot, right? Or you exert yourself and your body temperature rises. Um, your your sweat glands in your palm, however, are totally different. They are they are connected to this thing called the base Basal ganglia, okay, and so, and your basal ganglia is a part of your brain that is so primitive that it is not even hooked into your um, your language center, okay. So, so basically, it can only tell you what it knows through feelings, okay, like making your palms sweat, right? Um, so, for me, you know, back when I was younger, I had chronically sweaty palms, and and in fact, it's one of the reasons why I decided to go from New York to Cal to Southern California for college because I. I thought the dry air what might actually dry out my palms a little bit you know um but and it didn't by the way <laughs> now I know why but but at the time I didn't know I just thought it was just like muggy weather and just you know feeling like the moisture of New York City summers and that kind of stuff um and and, and it was really bad like I used to when I shake people's hand I would like rub my hand on my pant like a few times before shaking people's hands because it was so embarrassing to always have this like clammy sweaty palm you know um And so, so late, you know, as time went on and, and, you know, I became mindful and I, and I discovered these, these, uh, you know, tools and, and, and methods to sort of calm myself down and to, to relieve my sense of stress and anxiety, you know, by nature, like just automatically my, my palms stopped sweating. And now it's really rare that I start, I have sweaty palms and that's the thing is that, Now, I can use my sweaty palms as a very clear indicator that something's stressing me out, something's making me afraid. Something is is like that card, like like, you know, turning over a card, there's something it's telling me something. It's telling me that I know something that my brain doesn't know yet. Okay? And so what that enables me to do is to use it as a as a tool, right? So so when I feel my palms start to get sweaty, I can then, you know, take a couple of minutes and I can I can really examine what's going on inside of me, right? Now, um, there's a great, um, uh, method of doing this in mindfulness called RAIN, right? And I'll get into this, uh, in another episode next week, but, um, but basically what RAIN means is an acronym that, that stands for recognition, um, uh investigation I'm sorry, recognition, acceptance, investigation and non-identification, right? And so and so this is what we can do anytime that we're sort of experiencing something that's triggering us, right? And I don't want to go too deeply into it right now, but but when my palms sweat, that's when I can instigate that process of of you know really looking into myself and investigating what it is that's that's in me that's that's making this thing happen. And, and more often than not, I can find it. And, and once I can find it and identify it, then I can move on and I can, I can sort of work around it or work with it to create a, a situation in my life that is, that is favorable. Okay. And so, and this can happen with little things and big things alike. Um, so I, I strongly encourage you to, to maybe, um, you know, check that out as well. So, you know, cause, uh, cause again, it's, you know it's the ability to to use this information um in order to um, in order to make decisions that are good for you. And, and, and you can do that by, by tuning in and listening to your body. Okay. The sweaty palms is just one of many different indicators that your body will give you, uh, all the time (laughs) about what's going on with, you know, with your physical state and what's going on with how you're feeling about what's happening around you. And, and this is, you know, again, the very first step, step in, in being able to, to control your, yourself and your, you know your conditions so that you can you know prosper and you can thrive instead of just surviving. Okay. Now again, this is enormously important in the um, in the world of business because you know on, on any given moment you might be in a place where where your next words, your next decision, your next action is going to cause a problem for you, right? And so and so it could be the difference between success and failure on on any given moment. You know. And so the more success we have, the more happy we're going to be, and the more happy those around us are going to be, and so this is how important this is, okay, um so, <clears throat> you know, it's you know, the importance of, of feeling and, and knowing the feelings of your body, you know, outside of, of emotional intelligence is is that we can sense these telltale signs of stress and then we can use that knowledge to make adjustments from you know like again and this is talking about just stress, right? So so you know you can you know you can realize that you're feeling the stress so therefore you can do things like exercise or meditate or or whatever so that your body can then achieve and maintain the importance important state of homeostasis, right? And homeostasis is basically the, the opposite of stress. Now, this is a big, big subject, and I'm going to do it. I might even do two episodes on this next week. So so please make sure you look out for this because this is really important, okay? Um, but just to give you a brief explanation here, you know, stress is, is a natural and normal response to an experience that our, our brains see as a threat. Okay, it's totally normal. Um, you know, uh, very early in our evolution as humans, um, this experience was one of a life-threatening kind. So, for instance, when you would hear a, uh, a twig snap on the other side of a big boulder, your, your brain with its amygdala always vigilant sets into motion very, very quickly the, the fight-or-flight, um, uh, you know, response so that you, your body fills with cortisol. your, uh, which makes your muscles really like ready to go. Um, and then your heart, your blood pressure and heart rate go up to get blood into the big muscles of the arms and legs and upper body so that you can either fight or run like heck. Um, you know, your, your eyes dilate so you can see, you know, more information coming into your, into your vision. Um, you know, the hairs on the, on the outside of your body stand up on end to, to sort of pick up on the vibrations. You know, it's a, it's an amazing process that you go through that, that is designed to save your life. You know, that's what it was originally designed for. Um, The trouble is (laughs) that, um, that nowadays there's not many saber tooth tigers on the other side of a boulder. Right. And so, and so now this stress response becomes part of, you know, our, our reaction to, you know, to coworkers or family members or romantic issues. Interests, or or anything from your, you know, your bank account to your life insurance policy to your, you know, the the miles on your car to whatever it is, right? These are the things that now cause us this uh, this level of of stress, um, and this is why it's so hard for us to get back to this, you know, quote unquote normal state of homeostasis. Homeostasis is the opposite of stress, as I mentioned a second ago. It is where your body is is you know thriving. Okay, it's working the way it's supposed to, right? And the trouble is that, that most of us can't get back to a place of homeostasis because we're being triggered by all these different stressors, right, that are that are constantly exposed to us. Like so, for instance, if you're if you are being triggered by a stressor of someone sitting at the desk next to you at work, then 50 times a day you're gonna be triggered by that. And 50 times a day that that response of, of the of what I just described, of the stress response with the cortisol and the high blood pressure and the dilated eyes. Everything like that—that's going to keep happening over and over and over and over again. Now it gets to the point where you hardly even notice it, and that's where again the the tuning into your body becomes so important because you know these, these things like chronic stress and, and the chronic state of arousal that that can come from the stress response over and over and over and over again. This is what leads to things like you know like heart attacks and strokes and and you know and and chronic diseases that that can. Really really, uh, you know, they're dangerous. Okay. So, so tuning into your body, um, is, is able to, um, you know, it means that you're able to see this happening in your body. And if you can see it happening, then you can make a change to, to, to alleviate it. Right. So you can like, you know, again, you can see that, okay, my, my chest feels tight. I feel like my blood pressure has risen. And I feel like I'm, um, you know, I feel the cortisol in my body because of my, my muscles are, are tensing up and I'm feeling like tight all over me now. Now, again, I could easily talk to you for five minutes and, and you describe something that happens to you during work. And I I can tell you exactly where the cortisol and the and the stress response and all that fits in, you know, but but I'm giving you general terms here. Um but but essentially the the importance of this is, you know, a lot of people will hear me say this kind of stuff and be like, "Well, whatever. I mean, stress is part of life. What are we going to do?" you know? And you know, that's true. That's true. We all deal with, well, we deal with stressors. We don't all deal with stress and that's the difference. And again, I'm going to get into that in a podcast episode next week. Um, that's probably going to be the most important one I do because it literally could save lives. I mean, this is like that important. Um, because the problem is that, that, you know, like, you know, you don't, your body is very strong and very resilient and it doesn't break down easily. So, so when it does start to break down and you do get, you know, diseases of, of, you know, hypertension or even cancers can come from this, you know, because... Well, again, it's 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 a very complicated subject, and I don't want to take too much time here. I could be I could sit here and talk about this for hours, but but it has to do with the way your genes are expressing themselves, and the stress response downregulates your genes, and that's what invites illness to come in. and And by the same token, when you're in homeostasis and when you're not in the stress response, you're actually the immune system is is uh, is much higher. I don't know if you remember uh, the other day when I was talking about these scientific stuff. I talked about the one that John Kabat and Richie Davidson did at the biotech firm in the Midwest in 2003, where you know, after only eight weeks of, of mindfulness training, every employee took, uh, you know, those who went through the mindfulness training and those who did not, all of them were given a flu shot. And the ones who went through the mindfulness training produced more antibodies to, to the flu, to the flu virus than, than those who, who did not go through it. So, you know, so, so it's, it's clear, it's there, you know, that, that this stuff actually keeps us healthy or, or the lack of this stuff can make us sick. All right. And so, and believe me, I mean, if you feel like you're stressed and and worried about your job security or your bank account or, you know, or how much your your dating scene is going, then um, believe me, if you, you know, those problems don't go away when you get sick. And and if anything, they get much, much worse when you get sick, you know, because getting sick is expensive. Getting sick is uh, disruptive and getting sick is is stressful in and of itself. So, um, so when I talk about this Stuff, I'm talking in a very real and serious turn. This is not just about, you know, feeling good and being like, oh, I'm, I'm Zen and I feel good and stuff like that. This is literally the difference between, you know, illness and not illness. And, and, and the illnesses are no joke. All right, so um, <clears throat> so imagine how helpful <laughs> it will be in your daily life uh, to, to to be able to uh, tune into your body, um, you know, at the office, right? And, and these, these little tiny changes that you can make in reaction or, or response, you know, can lead to big shifts in your long-term trajectory, okay? So don't underestimate these, okay? And what I mean by that is that when you're in your stress response, right, and again, I'm going to go into this again, uh, in next week in, in much more detail, but some of the things that are happening to your brain are really very, very interesting, especially when you consider your job. Okay. Number one, f- first of all, when you're in this fl- fight or flight, you know, uh, state, right? Like all the unnecessary, um, systems get shut down. You know, your body is devoting all its energy to keeping you alive. So you can't learn new things okay you can't process your information the same way you can't remember things as well you can't create new memories as you're as you're doing this you literally like the guy in the movie memento when you're in this stress response like you literally cannot create short-term memories. so so anything that happens to you during that is most likely you're not even going to remember and that's why people don't remember you know extremely traumatic experiences right because that's when your your stress you know situation is at it's very very highest right and and that that's why most people who go through a traumatic experience say that they remember it up to a certain point and then it just, it's blank, you know? Uh, and I have another story about that that I can share personally. I'll do that next week in the other episode. Um, but um, but these little things can can affect... So, so, like, what happens if this... What happens if you have a phone call come in right at as at the, in the midst of this stress-responsive phone rings and you have to come up with an answer to somebody that... Um, you know that that ultimately like dominoes could affect something down the road right like like you want to be always ready for that phone call right and and if you're feeling stressed out and if you're allowing your body to be stressed out then you're not going to you're not going to be able to make the right decisions and you're not going to be in that optimal form. Okay. So bringing this back, (laughs) I know I've gone off on this tangent. This stress stuff is just so important. And I just, you know, I, I, I really look forward to sharing this with you next week because it's, it's really, really, really important. And, uh, and it's not to be taken lightly. Um, but anyway, so, so the point of my podcast today was to say that all those things that I went over yesterday, which is to be present with the things that you're doing. So whether it's brushing your teeth, it's doing, your dishes. It's walking from your office to the restroom or or from one meeting room to another meeting room in the office. To be present with those those things without you know without letting your mind run away with all the different things that are going on in your life, but literally just focusing on the steps of your feet as they walk down the hall. Focusing on the difference in the lighting and the difference of the temperature and the different areas that you're walking into. The the sounds of echoes off the the walls or or lack of echoes or how those echoes change from one hallway to another if you can focus on those things then you're you're telling your body that everything is okay right you're you're then telling your your body and your brain, that everything is safe. Like, because, because somebody who's, who's in danger of a saber tooth tiger, you know, is not likely to be thinking about his or her footsteps as they walk down the, down the hall or listening to the echoes. Right. And so by doing this, you're, you're sending the message to your brain that everything is okay. And so, um, and so, and so the important thing now is to the, the other side of this rather is that while you're doing this stuff, right? And as you're present with what you're doing, you can also now tune into how your body feels as you're doing that in presence, okay? And this is an important thing because, you know, I, I talk about how, you know, being focused on brushing your teeth, for instance, right? Or washing the dishes. I went through the whole thing yesterday in the podcast, you know, washing the dishes, you're focusing on the sounds and the sights and the smells and the, the you know, the, the, the taste that's lingering in your mouth from dinner and the, the textures as you're you know, rinsing plates and and washing the grime off a pot, you know, I talk about focusing on those sensations and those, you know, those feelings. But remember that you also have that sixth sense, which is the feelings of the inside of your body. And so while you're doing these things, that's a great opportunity to also tune into that. Okay, so how do I feel as I'm being present with with washing these dishes? Do I feel stressed? Do I feel tight? Do I feel hot? Do I feel, you know, anxious? Or do I feel loose? Do I feel relaxed? Do I feel expansive? Do I feel you know at ease because if the answer is the former then you need to examine that you need to say like why do I feel stressed what am I what's going on with me right now that I'm feeling stressed and oftentimes if you look hard enough with the right level of presence, you're going to realize that, that, you know, even though you're trying to be present with something in the back of your mind, there's a concern or a worry that's, that's making your body feel stressed, And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Just like the sweaty palms. If you feel a tightness in your gut, that's something trying to tell you something. Okay. And, and if you can listen to that, you can then get the information that's going to help you to not only alleviate that specific stress, but also is going to affect the stress response in the future. <coughs> pardon me. It's going to affect the stress response in the future. Gosh, I'm sorry. I just had a little, uh um, hair in my throat. Um, but anyway, uh, it's not really a good look for a podcast here. So pardon me for that. Um, but yeah, so, so anyway, uh, you know, I feel like this was a little bit of a rambling episode and I, I you know, I hope it made sense to you. Um, and, uh, you know, I know I conflated a couple of things there. But again, I'm going to get deeply into this stress thing next week. And, and it's just, it's so important that I just can't help but to sort of loop it into what I'm talking about here. But, um, but no, the, the importance of tuning into your body, you know, really at the end of the day cannot be overstated. And I hope that I've done a, a good job of, of explaining that and illustrating that to you here. Um, As always, if you have any questions or want to talk more uh, deeply about any of this stuff, please, please, please hit me up on my email, art at artburnscoaching.com, or or see my website, artburnscoaching.com, and I would love to get in touch and and help you to understand this stuff better, and more importantly, to help you to apply it to your specific situation in your day-to-day life. All right, so I hope everybody has a good couple of days off from work. Um, it's actually a holiday weekend this weekend, so you get an extra day. Um, I'm going to work on Monday, so I'll be here doing a podcast, and, uh, and I hope you tune in, but of course, I understand if you don't, um, because I hope that you're out on a boat or, or at a barbecue or swimming in a pool or doing something fun. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, I wish all of you well, and, uh, and I will be here again next week for you, and I can't wait for that. All right, everybody, have a great day. Bye-bye.